Ladies and gentlemen, I am doing this podcast lying on my bed. And I want to talk to you about meditation and dreams and stuff, and also my book. And I'm doing this podcast very quickly because I want to do my DJ Megatron one, which I've got an imaginary band on that, uh, on the hidden corner. So you might want to check that out this week. Um, but I want to talk about meditation and dreams. And this morning in church, I am the best at meditating. And I tell you something. You know, when everybody meditates together, it's usually, I don't know, there's nothing in it usually because everybody goes on separate journeys. But when you're going on the same journey and um, it was brilliant, we all went on a journey. I guess it was kind of personal to everybody in it. But I want to just talk very, you know, briefly on the journey I had because it was personal and um, I was showing things on it but it started off where we were on the road to Damascus and I had Jesus stood right beside me in the story and uh, all the um, lepers Came towards us. And I. At first I was frightened of them. And when they came towards me. As if as though. I knew them. It was like you know. There's a crowd that I know. They've got a disability. You know they've got mental issues. They're different. You know. Um, you know I'm not frightened of these people. Because they're different. And the village up ahead was, you know, didn't get to see the village up ahead, really. I kind of wanted to, but I was just stood by Jesus, taking everything in. Um, see, I was <laughs> I was actually sat at the drum kit at one point, and then I was closing my eyes, and I was immediately transported to this, to this vision, if you will. It was, um, it was as clear as clear. We were all in the church experiencing this, experiencing this, and um, and what happened was um, Heather was describing everything. What happened? The lepers going away, and then the lepers, one of the lepers, coming back, and I pictured him throwing himself to his knees in front of Jesus, saying. You know, I've come back to you, basically, which, you know, um, that was saying that he was lost. And, you know, he's found Jesus, basically. Um, And then Heather asked us to sit with Jesus and talk with him about what was on our minds and stuff. And I had a lot on my mind and. Jesus showed me stuff. Um, and one of the visions he showed me was an empty seat. Um, and that was quite sad. I was going to cry, but I thought, no, I'm on the drums. I can't. 
can't cry. Um, I found emotional. Then Mary said, God's crying. Well, uh, I think Mary was getting um, a bit of my sadness because I did feel sad that I saw this empty seat and stuff. But then I did see God crying. Um, Me and Jesus, we had a personal conversation on the road about stuff, about life, about everything. And I just said, you know, just show me stuff and um, and then when Heather said, you know, bring yourselves back to this time, I said, look, Jesus, I've got to go, mate, you know. It's like what you do on the phone, you know. I'm sorry, mate, I've got to go. <laughs> but I will come back. I will come back to the road, you know. And uh, I will come back and have a real have a real talk with you, you know. Um, and it's just, I think, you know, I think that's the whole thing. Um, I mean, it has been a hellish week. Um, I thought about the door as well. The front, that's another strange thing in church. Before we had that meditation, I was thinking about the front door. Um, that got locked from the other side. And at the moment, there's stuff going on in the group. And, uh, I know this person probably doesn't like us but I don't know if she I don't know what she what's what what she's capable of and I'm wondering if I believe that there's there's a, a curse that's hit that door um strongly believe it um you know because she's jealous this woman's jealous. Um, and unfortunately, um, I believe it's mostly my fault because I've got involved with her. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to throw suspicions in, but I feel. That that is a curse because if you can't explain something, and I just want to go on to say that objects can get cursed, and uh, it it does happen. Now, it's not a thing to worry about, um, and technically, um, you know, the curse can be undone. Um. You know, I mean, it's nothing to do with what's in the sugar sand. Um, but I think something. I think that there's a curse that's hit that hit that door that day. So something spiritually happening between 
my mates. Um, then there's other things that have happened this week, you know. Or last week, should I say. Um, so it was like, you know, it was a bit sort of hellish. Well, I won't say sort of hellish, it was hellish. I don't care how people define that, it was, you know. But we're going to move on. Feeling a bit pissed off, sad, and like a woman. I'm interrupting my episode as well, so who gives us stuff? Oh well, it's my own own podcast, it's my own time. Who gives a SH1T? It's my studio, it's my thing, it's what I want to do. So just let me roll with it. Um... So yeah, I'm kind of a bit annoyed because I'm not seeing my girlfriend today because her train doesn't get in till later on. So, yeah. But I'll try and... I'll I'll try and keep speaking to her, you know. Um, But anyway, that's that's, that's just one of the reasons that, you know, I'm annoyed, um, so on and so forth. I'm also annoyed because I'm stood in the studio where there's a window and it's freaking bleak out there. It's like I've got the lights turned off, um, even though you guys can't see. So, haha, I'm going to have to explain it. Uh, but anyway, uh, my vision isn't probably any good as yours. Ha 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 I'll tell you what, I'm going to sit down in the studio because moving to the bedroom is... Um, I'll sit on this chair here. Oh, I just remember there was something there. Oh, well, I still want to move them. Give me a minute. I just remember there was a box on my chair. Right, now I can sit down. And talk to you guys about the world. Um, Because at the moment, I'm kind of a bit down in the dumps. But not... Don't worry, folks. It's not the literal down in the dumps. It's probably just like it, it's a Monday morning. Just, just roll with it. You know, it's 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 the Monday morning blues. It's you know, it's dark out there. Um, I've said that numerous times already. Um, but to add to the flavour of it being dark, you know, um, there's a there's a current issue. That I want to discuss, and I'm doing a I'm doing a vlog on YouTube, and I haven't told anybody that I'm gonna start vlogging again, but I'm gonna tell my mother that I'm gonna start vlogging because I want to do some personal personal vlogging, um, but I'm gonna talk about it here so you guys sort of kind of know exactly where this is going. Um, 
personally, um, my oh, I haven't got the scripted, so I should have it scripted, really. Um, I think they're kind of it's the thing isn't it this whole weight thing it's like their fascination You know, but I don't know. And technically, I mean, I must want to lose weight because I keep looking up. There's the odd day where I look up a, a YouTube video on something. Um, I mean, I'm not going to... Um, I've, I've actually put a couple of pounds on, but that's like, you know, summer weight, you know, weekend weight, uh, weekend weight. Um, but I think I've lost a bit over, since the summer. Um, I think if mummy weighed me in September, I would have been a lot more. So thank God, we've left it till now for the for the weigh-in. It's usually the end of summer, and I dread that you know the end of summer. I dread September. Um, but Mummy stopped weighing me for a while, probably because she thought sort of stays the same weight um, until um, Saturday, and we put like proper clothes on. Oh gosh, you know. Um, I'm gonna be frankly honest. Um, they, like, mother goes out and buys me, like, they're buying me the smallest clothes. It's like, you will lose weight because we're buying you small clothes because we want them to fit you. Um, but that jacket's like, it must have shrunk or something because it didn't, those trousers, I know those trousers have shrunk a bit. Um, but it's like, oh, you know, the belly pokes out and it's like, freaking hell, you know. Um, I am subliminally this week going to try and do some, like, working out a bit more. Today was like, you know, I don't want to sort of throw myself in at the deep end with the working out shit, you know. Um, which, I'm being honest, because usually when I talk on a weight loss blog, I'm usually really high and, you know, but it's like, fuck's sake. Like, I've only put a couple of pounds on this, only, what, um, that's 12 Two, twelve, three. Last time I got weighed, you know, it was, but I'm twelve five, so um, you know, but I'm not going to stop exercising because um, I watched, <laughs> I watched um. I watched a video on the internet that said um, that apparently if you stop, uh, so say even if, like, I've only put a couple of pounds on, but if I was to stop doing my treadmill 
even just for like 20 minutes, because I only do like, I don't do much, but even if I was to stop doing the treadmill for a week, um, if I was to stop doing the treadmill for a week, so if I was to stop doing the treadmill for a week, um, and the cross training for a week, um, my weight would rapidly increase by that week. And I wouldn't even have to eat that much. Um, technically. Because all the bad stuff that I eat is on the weekends anyway. Um, you know, uh, that's basically when I do it. Now, a lot of you guys probably might be going, well, that's a bad thing. But technically, right, um... Because I'm going to, I'm going to do a, I am going to do a Facebook Live on the Slimming World group because, um, because <laughs> I want to tell them how to, I'm, they're my, you know, I want to share my secrets because I think people are going, I think I'm just going to do it for the people who want to lose weight really fast because everyone's going to look for the quickest way out there. You know, they're always looking out. There's, if you go on the internet, there's thousands of things like, there's like you can learn like you can learn stuff like guitar in five minutes or uh, what is it programming in five minutes or uh, maths in five minutes or something else in ten minutes or something like that. you know um, I want to do something like that where I do a Facebook live for ten minutes and I say right this is how you can lose weight in ten minutes <laughs> you know <laughs> ten minutes that would be shocking. I do it on the Slimming Wheel because um, I detest Slimming Wheel because um, apparently there are sins in their Slim Fast drinks. Someone told me it. Um, there probably are. Um, but probably is. Like, you probably would have to measure it as sins, probably. Especially the one that I have. Probably about, you know, all the good stuff you've got to measure as sins. But... You know, if at the end of the day, right, I'm going to say this. If it helps you lose weight, sod the sins, right? You've got your freaking sins to use, you know? Instead of using... Instead of wasting your sins on a shot of vodka, right? If you want to lose weight fast, right? Use your two weeks on your slim fast drinks. And then... Right when you've got to some a weight you're happy with, then have a shot of vodka, and then go back on the slim fast drinks. Now I'm talking to you ladies out there because I know I've been to the slim I've been to the slimming world groups. I've heard the conversations that go on. My mummy's been they're the same conversations, right? And the fellas don't. The fellas are sort of in the wings and. They do it because their wives want to do it, but they don't really... There's nothing for the blokes, really, is there? Um, we don't really think about a shot of vodka, really, to be frankly fair. We think about a pint of beer. Gosh, a shot of vodka, my word. And to be fair, right, I'm going to be honest, a pint of beer is better than a shot of vodka. Well, it depends, depends how fast you drink it. If you're hungry, you're going to drink it faster. Anyway, um, but when you go to... A slim world group as an outcast, as an outsider, right? And all your friends are doing it. Other people in the group are a lot better than you. I'm going to share a secret, which 
you know, which I think Slingerwell needs to know it. You know, screw sins, soddy sins. If, fine. If if the Slimming Fast drinks only two or three sins, screw it. You know, two or three sins. It's like having two or three quid in your wallet. And I don't know, you've got something you want to really buy that's like, you know, a fidget spinner or something. You're not sort of wasting it on something that you'd normally waste two or three quid on. But it's only two or three sins, man. Bloody hell. In fact, you've got to like five to 15 sins, haven't you? Five to 15 sins. Two or three sins. You know. And then if you have like whatever you have for tea. You know, if you have say what? Chicken and beans for tea. Um, oh yeah, you have to make sure all the fat's off the chicken, by the way, but and make sure that it's not cooked in oil. But hey ho, if you've got that, then you know. Um, or if you have what? Uh, chicken and mushy peas. Um, you're getting a speed food in there. So if you're having, what, speed food on top of those slim fast drinks? If you're getting your speed foods in, like say if you're having, what, say you have your slim fast drink and you have a watermelon for breakfast, you, you're already there, you know? You, you, you know, it's like, um, it's like the green card to, it's like, um, a turbo booster, if you will. Um, there was, there was a, there was a word that Slimworld used to use, um, I can't remember if it was, was it an accelerator? They used to use a word that was like, you know, but, you know, you could have, you know, you could have, you, you could have, um, you know, for those who like bread, you could have, you know, for those people, you might be, say, for example, you might be in work all day, so... You know, you might have a chance to have breakfast. So, you know, if you're watermelon um, for brekkie, you know, then you slim fast drink for lunch. And then maybe some chicken and pea soup with, with a, you know, with some white bread, no butter on. Gosh, if I told people that, They'd be like, Stephen, how do you know all this? <laughs> I've done all this, unfortunately. Um, and chicken and pea soup. I am telling you now, if you don't put mushy peas... If you put mushy peas in it, right? Um, by the way, chicken and pea soup is the worst thing. I've actually, you know, somebody made it me, and they made it really good. Um, I really liked it with mushy peas in, but if you make it properly... Boy, um, I had the chicken and pea soup with mushy peas in, and oh my word, a pint of mushy peas. Um, I got home and I spent, oh boy, I couldn't get off the throne. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, it, it will, it will, like chicken and pea soup does put a road through me, so with the mushy peas in, so, um, 
Slim Fast Drinks also put a rose for me, but hey ho. Um, and uh, definitely. And that's another thing. Slim Fast Drinks will make you go. Um, in actual fact, um, another thing about Slim Fast Drinks, they make your wee really thick. Um, but hey ho. Yeah, I'm going to do that Facebook Live. Hello, Slim Fast people, uh, Slimming World people. Here's your, uh, here's, your, here's your way how you can get thin fast. That'll cheese Slimming World off, won't it? But what? You were in these groups. But mind you, I didn't do Slim Fast back then. you got to remember. Um, and I'm going to also tell you now. Missing one meal a day is not dangerous. A lot of people think that it's dangerous. It's not dangerous at all. As long as you are drinking plenty, um, you know, drinking plenty of water or tea, coffee, whatever. Excuse me. Um, getting some fluid inside you. Um, you know. And you don't necessarily have to eat to live anyways. Um, you know, they say you can live longer without food than you can with, without water. You know, if you weren't to drink, you know, you couldn't... Um, I mean, I've seen some dangerous experiments on YouTube. Oh, I've seen some dangerous experiments, <laughs> you know, that only idiots would do. Um, you know, I've seen these dangerous sleep experiments and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've seen them. I've seen you know, people staying awake for like 72 hours and all that stuff. Was it 70 hours or something? I don't know. Um, you know, they stay awake for about three days without sleep. Um, and they do it wrong anyway. Because um, they use caffeine. Because um, I watched another experiment where they did it right. Um, but your body can't. Stay awake for that long anyway. Um, you know. But. What was I saying? Um, so yeah, I mean. So I'm being weighed every week again now. Oh. But I want to. I want to be truthful. You know, um, I'm not brilliant. Um, but the slim fast drinks they do not harm people. I still do. You know, I still speak to people. Like, I'm on the slim fast drinks again. You know, that's dangerous, Stephen. It's not dangerous. Shut up, you know. I do tell them now because I'm like, shut the hell up. <laughs> I'll tell you what's dangerous, mate. I'll tell you what's dangerous. You don't do them. <laughs> you don't You don't live dangerously. Um, They used to, I mean, you know, they're still living in, what, 2000, the year 2000. When they first came out, these Slimfast drinks, when they came out, was dangerous. And that's a fact. If I was about, what, a 12 or 13-year-old, 
yeah, it would be dangerous. Um, but, but my body is what at the age where it can, you know, where it doesn't need the amount of nutrients that a t- what a 12, 13 year old needs. Um, even though I may be mentally that age, I'm physically not. So my physical age needs to, um, you know. And the slim fast drinks aren't as bad as people make them out to be. Um, you know, try them all when you f- first start them. Try them all and throw yourself in the deep end. Um, because, like, it's not dangerous. And even all these fat clubs, they say, oh, it's dangerous. Well, I'd say it was dangerous. You know, people aren't wanting to do it because they'd like, you know, they got to spend money to come to your club. So, you know, that's the big secret out there. But, you know, if I was still going to Slim World, and if I was still on the Slim Fast drinks, right, I would still go to Slim World, I'd still go to Slim World, spend my money just to hear people talk shit. Now, I don't go to Slim World to do that anymore. I've still got all the audio CDs, which I can't sell on, because they have a code. Oh, I can't copy them either. Damn. Um, and Slim World know when you do it. Oh. Uh, there is a way around that, by the way. Um, but unfortunately, I can't do that way because it's very expensive. Um, actually, no, I could. I could do that way because I now have a voice recorder. Um, there is a way around that, um, but I'm, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, there is a way around getting those slim fast, uh, those slim wheel discs. <sighs> but... Um, they're the only. That's the load of CDs in my collection that um, I make sure that I've backed up before um, I do something with them. I'll probably give them all back because, you know, um, I don't really use them much. And most of it's all common sense anyway. You know, fish, well, um,. Whatever you do, if you're going to have tuna and sweet corn, don't eat it a dead lot because it makes me constipated. (laughs) I'm just saying. Um, Because sweet corn doesn't... I read this somewhere. Sweet corn doesn't actually... um, It it basically comes out as it is, um, if you know what I mean. So it doesn't... Even digest, uh, our body doesn't. Our body doesn't break it down for some strange reason. Um, so um, that's why when you eat sweet corn, it's in your poo, my friend. Um, yeah, lovely. Um, and you can actually, strangely enough, you can actually feel it coming out as well. Lovely. Um, just thought I'd let you know. Um, by the way. Um, I'm also going to be frankly honest. Um, Right, I'm also going to tell you something else. If, you know, know if you are wanting to lose weight, 
Study the foods that are making you constipated more and study the foods that are are making you less constipated. But a side note, sometimes these foods can still make you constipated if they're mixed with the foods that are making you constipated. Um, So yeah. Um, So... Um, and if you are constipated, take plenty of cod liver oil. One notification. WhatsApp. Twenty three minutes ago. Eight fifty a.m. WhatsApp. Twenty three minutes ago. Helen Colson. I don't have any wedding cake, Stephen. Read the message again. Actions available. Oh right. Right, I'm gonna have to go. And we're back. Welcome back to the show. Um, I kind of went on a tangent about slim fast drinks and shit. <laughs> it kind of was a bit. Um, but it was how I was feeling this morning. And um, it's how I felt. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to put how you feel. Ugh. How you real feel, how you really feel, how you really real feel. Um, but I've got to talk to you guys about, now I want to talk to you guys about Christianity. No, um, yeah, just some things, some theories. Uh, I want to do some sort of like top 10. So, um, at number 10 is that, um, obviously that, um, I believe, just throughout doing some bits of research, that Christianity is a modern religion um, because um, it's sort of like Jesus's time was at the end, of, sort of around the Roman Empire. Um, you know, um, God's time was well before that, uh, but Jesus's time is more kind of modern. Um, you know, um, number nine is the Bible oversees the future, tells us what the future really is. Uh, we kind of understand, well, we know, um, you know, revelation and stuff like that. We know, but it's more kind of revelation being sort of visions, um, and stuff like that. And we, we do look on revelation as being the book of visions, you know, so it's kind of like a psychedelic, a massive psychedelic trip. Uh, number eight is we're living in the future, and the future's made of glass. And that is just something I made. Uh, I mean, I'm writing a book called The Glass Future, and it's more, you know, cyberpunk, but rebels against a lot of technological things. Um, but it does more than that and uh, oversees the future Um, yeah number seven Uh, number seven is um, 
that the moon the moon another one that I made up the moon is a huge projector projecting the films of a life form into the sky I don't know it's projecting projecting our realities from the earth I don't know there's like a several terminals several satellites recording each and every move we make mentally and physically <laughs> that is like the weirdest thing uh, number six um, the window to the future is open again another that I made up I've been reading too much William Gilson William bleh, can't speak William Gibson uh, number five um, 1984 will be, will be where um, George Orwell's foreseeable future or you know his predictions was 1984 um, but in actual fact it'll be 2084 when it all really happens when it all really kicks off so 84 is a big number but I think uh, got a few years to go yet I mean, we're not far from George Orwell's theory. Uh, number three is... Um, there's two Earths, a prehistoric Earth and a normal Earth. Uh, number two is that we haven't explored space properly because even if we did, um, you know, like human technology, we haven't got enough technology or rocket fuel to... Um, get where we need to get, whatever. And plus, the human body hasn't, you know, it can't do what it can do. So, yeah, <laughs> that's why we, you know, but I do feel that we're not alone. And um, it's got nothing to do with the Nephilim spirits. Uh, number two, I almost said number two, right, number one then. Number one is, um, we are not alone. There you go. We are not alone. There is something out there and we just don't know what it is. Um, and to add to that, there is an edge to the universe. Uh, I remember somebody asking uh, Brains On a question, a science podcast, Brains On, a question about is there an edge to the universe? I believe there is an edge to the universe. But we'll never get there. And I don't think we'd want to go over the edge of the universe. Even sometimes I feel like I am on the edge of the universe. Because I'm as high as a kite. Oh yeah. Um, especially not today. Um, I don't know. Because I'm buying chips. Oh yeah. And I've been to the Blackpool Lights. Um, which was okay. Um, I guess. Um, it's not as good as what it used to be. Uh, oh well. Um, it's whatever route you go. I suppose. They normally miss the good lights out, don't they? I think sometimes you can go around and get stuck in traffic, but... Hey-ho. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's crap. But, um... Yeah. Um... I think it was a lot better this time. Than the other times I've been. 
Because um, you've got to stop off in Fleetwood for your fish and chips. Because in Blackpool, right, for your fish and chips, right, you will not find a chip shop that's cheap and cheerful and one that's not decent, that doesn't sell soggy shit. I mean, soggy shit's all right, but, mm, yeah, one that sells decent chips. Gotta go to Fleetwood. Gotta go to Fleetwood. Um... I know people that have done the lights and they've gone to whatever chippy they've gone to. But yeah, um, chippy good, night good, lights good. Um, actually not so good because Helen wasn't on the bus with me, but hey-ho. I spoke to her anyway. Um, she's got stuff to do. Um, I'll probably just see her on Wednesday, have a chat to her, and then buzz off to my girl or something. Right, well, um, that's it for now. Uh, not on this episode, but yeah, that's it for this feature. Um, we're going to move on to something else. Hello folks and welcome back to my episode and I really really don't feel motivated to do anything much but I am going to because some of the stuff I need to do and some stuff I don't need to do Um, but I feel that we're in the autumn and we're in the winter, and we're coming towards the winter, and that's a time when our mental health decides to deteriorate a bit, and um, we're sort of in the dark a little bit, and stuff happens a wee bit, and I don't know things start happening that we don't really want to happen we get a little bit low sometimes and a little bit rubbish sometimes and I don't know but I've decided this very second <laughs> to be to um, well I'm going to write in my journal write my book and start other bits and pieces. I've got stuff in the other room. And I not they say untidy room is untidy mind, but I think my mind is a lot more untidy than anything put together. You know, it's more untidy than my hard drives. It's more untidy than my rooms. It's just literally my mind is just full of thoughts, scattered. You know, it's, it's just like the thoughts I have are, you know, uh, 
more or less health related, I guess. Um, I mean, I just wish that, you know, I understood my own mind. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Like, I'm doing The Mind of a Burger episode 5 and 6, putting that together. Ah, and that's a bit of a struggle. I also want to sort some stuff out. I've got a bag that I want to sort, two backpacks that I want to sort out. So, a little bit of housework that I want to do and stuff like that. I don't really do housework, frankly, fair, but, you know, sometimes it needs doing. Um, I've got paperwork that needs doing. I've got people to see and speak to. And I've got another podcast to work on as well, which is called The Forbidden Corner. I've not worked on that for a while. So I need to do an episode of that. I need to write my book. Um, and so on and so forth. And I was what was listening to a bit more of William Gibson this morning speak. And his books, um, even though they were written in the 60s or 70s, I'm not sure when he wrote them. But they are so far ahead of their time. They're really... I mean, you know, you read his books, like The Neuromancer is one of them, and it's like, whoa. He talks about stuff that's, like, been invented now, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> it's like... Um, and William Gibson says himself... Um, you know, you kind of need to sort of... get to sort of page 20 and realise, you know... But we're sort of far into the future. I mean, the book that I'm writing has um, brain recording devices in it, um, or mind recorders, but they can also record dreams. I thought, just imagine if you had a cassette recorder that could record dreams. Whoa, just imagine if you owned one of those. They'd be like, I think even, even in today's world, they would probably like, when I thought about these things... A dream recorder. They would be. Um, I I watched a documentary in two thousand and one about robots. Now, in the early millennium, so if we go back to, hang on, no, it was two thousand. Yeah, two thousand and one. That would have costed you the staggering uh, one hundred thousand pound. Let's say today, it would still cost that much. To even if it was like a. A dream recorder on the market. If Google was like, I don't know, probably if Google marketed it, it would be cheaper. But hey ho, still, they would be hard to get. You know, something that you sort of plug into your brain and it scans it, and then hmm, you sort of get a dream. I don't know, but no, something that actually videos what's in your dreams. Be sort of not really a cool thing to have, but I would love to have one. You know, you could rewind. So if you had a really good dream, you could rewind it and play it back. <laughs> you know? Um, a thought recorder, which records your thoughts. Um, be great for, you know, be great for torturers, wouldn't it? That, you know, give us the information. <laughs> they wouldn't no longer need to torture people. They'd just tie them to this device. You know, give us information. <laughs> you know? Um, and then, yeah, maybe they could... I don't know. Plug them up to a device and give them some strange 
I don't know thing put some wire put all these crazy wires into them and then I don't know I don't have the mind of a torturer I know some people do um but um but this you know a dream recorder would be really really cool device to have um because you could you know you could wire it up couldn't you go to sleep um I mean like this video recorder would be wired to your head while you slept <laughs> it would be one of, those, one of those things you know as you record your dreams and then play them back the next day blow like, oh, what you know did that really happen um but how would it work i mean i don't know how it would work you would probably think that it was your dream and then it wouldn't be <laughs> i don't know you'd be like oh did that really happen in my dream um, there's also in the book, there are things that I've done in my dreams, like float downstairs and stuff like that. I've added that in the book because I just think that is so cool. Cyber punk stuff, you know, to float downstairs and it's just so surreal, you know, it would only have to be in a cyberpunk book, book to happen. Um, also that you can communicate with people from other worlds, you know, um, I mean, Okay, with smartphone devices, we can actually communicate with people, like, really far away. But you never know. Um, we might be able to communicate with people in other universes. Maybe that technology will exist also soon. So it's like, um, oh, and cloud computing devices, they're in the book as well. Like, um, yeah. Um, uh, video games... Um, they're in the book. Um, I mean, this book's just whole, like, rooted with technology. Um, I really want to get technical. And I know I've been reading a, a lot of, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos where they say, don't get technical in your book. But I think a bit of technical, technology, like, um, I mentioned in my last podcast, a bit of programming, um print such a thing, la la la, run such a thing, because I think, hey, somebody that's got some, like, a Commodore C64 might want to, you know, write some of the programming that's in the book, um, just for fun, you know, a little bit of basic programming, I thought, you know, it's fun, let's have it in the book, um, it's annoying to have something that sounds fun, that's probably not in the book, but, you know, I thought, a mm, bit of nostalgia in the book, a bit of nostalgic programming, um, I've also got modem dial-up because there's parts in the book where, for example, when we get to the North Grid, um, they have to use a dial-up connection. So a modem calls another modem. In actual fact, um, you know, you still have to call up internet services um, in order to use them. It's just things are done a lot quicker. Um, I mean, you can probably still use an old modem to do all the stuff that you can do now. It's just, it would slow everything down. Um, because um, a mode, some of the older modems were using voice cables. Um, so they were transmitting data down voice cables, which um, you can send data down any cable. 
It's just if you send data down a voice cable, it's going to be slower than sending it down a data cable. In fact, um, they don't even... In fact, somebody from BT saying, we don't have voice and data cables anymore. We send everything down the one cable. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you will have a separate cable for voice and a separate cable for data. It's just these phone technicians don't like you to know such things. Um, in fact, one BT engineer says, well, we don't really like people knowing such things about like what cable is what. Um, because they think you're a hacker, um, more or less. <laughs> you know, because hackers will want to know what cables go down where so they can get to certain things a lot faster. Um, believe me, you, you just need the best vibroptic connection don't you really for things to go fast um but it's like now it's all vibroptic connections um it's like not you know it doesn't really matter what cable things go down but um when we get to the north grid there will be stuff like um you know and there will be mentions of certain cables in the book because when we get to the north grid um there are certain cables where serial ports get connected and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it needs to get technical. It's like violence, you know? Sometimes, you know, if you cut the violence out of Star Wars, you wouldn't have the best lightsaber fights in history. You know? You wouldn't have... Um, you wouldn't get to see Darth Vader's evil moments. Um, you know? And you wouldn't, like, get to see some of the most technicality things that happen. So I think the technical parts in um, in the glass future um, build up like I'm using them as the build up. So like I'm explaining everything to sort of do a build up, but I'm not explaining that much because some of it will still go on a blog and stuff. So you get to read all the real, real technical stuff, um, you know, and the modems and the connection ports and all that. That won't be in the book. That'll just be on the blog. But stuff like data flowing down this cable and that flowing down that cable and they need to know which cable to use so they can, you know, so they can obviously avoid some of the viruses that are coming towards them from such a cable. But unfortunately, I'm not going to say which cable they choose, but let's just say it's not going to be the correct cable to begin with. And they're going to hit viruses because you're near the North Grid and it's like raining with viruses. Um... It's like, you know, um, it's like you're walking into a pandemic ward, you know, there might be a certain part of the ward where it's, that was, you know, virus free, but, um, yeah, unfortunately you will catch something and, uh, yeah, um, they're walking into a, a, a zone that's full of viruses, um, they're going to catch something. And also, um, there are damaged computer chips, also with viruses. Um, So they have to, you know, dodging that stuff is pretty bad. Um, And you have to be immunely strong to um, cross the North Grid. (laughs) But the North Grid, is it there or is it not? It's not necessarily physical and it's not... I mean, this is like the virtual world, basically. You know, when we talk about virtual, the virtual world, um, 
it's not physical. So we have to make things physical um, in order to get thing access things with our fingertips. So the North Grid is actually a physical place that you can get to, but it's not physical. Because the actual North Grid... Um, yeah, to get to it, you know. Um, again, that's going to be explained a bit more on a blog because it's very technical. The North Grid is technical. Um, and it's, you know, when I say it's a physical place and a non-physical place, um, the only safe way that you can get into the north grid is wearing a virtual suit um so i don't i don't spoil too much but yeah you are in the north grid you are near the north grid and you are going to catch things in the north grid and you are going to get hurt in the north grid um and your systems are going to get affected in the north grid um and people want data in the north grid they walk around with like there's people that sleep in the north grid because they want data um even like cyborgs they go near the north grid because they want something it's like you know some people go to like say if there's like a stream nearby people will go there because they can drink from it but if it's full of parasites and shit they'll still drink from it um no matter what's in the North Grid, people will still go there and they'll still, even if they're going to get ill or if their smartphones are going to crash or whatever, they're still going to go there because they'll get like the best signal. Um, what else will they get there? Um, you know, best communication systems that can set up all kinds of things. Um, just all kinds of stuff happens there. But it's full of viruses. <laughs> it's full of viruses. And um, it's full of bugs that will crawl into your systems. Um, yeah, it's it's full of that. It's full of that. It's where people dump viruses, basically. Um, you know, they dump it out the systems and into the into North Grid. Uh, but you need to cross the North Grid to get to Fort 22. Um the only way um and unfortunately uh there is stuff in the north grid that you need as well so um you know even though it can be cleaned and stuff and yeah you need to be strongly immune uh you need to make sure you've got enough vitamins to survive um you need to make sure you are real healthy You've got the strongest immune system, so you ain't going to catch anything, any crap that's coming into you. And um, you need to be mentally strong. Because sometimes, you know, it's just like one of those. It's like you have to cross this thing, but it's like the worst part. It's like, you know, um, imagine it's like the roughest part of sea that you're going to cross. The roughest part of the ocean, the toughest part of the ocean. You know, or just like a real rough part of your journey. <laughs> That's the North Grid. Um, I will explain a little bit of it now. Um, the North Grid is 
a database as well as a world. And people access it because they can get all the real cool stuff like videos, photos, music, um, people's information, um, people's identity. Uh, yeah, it's it's a real messed up place. It's um, it's a database that's set up by um, by Fort Twenty Two, so they can. Uh, it's like Fort Twenty built this database so they could. Um, you know, so they could uh, basically, so they could track anybody that was coming near Fort 22, so if it was enemy, they could basically zap them within inches um, but because it's so messed up and full of viruses and full of people that you know, how are you going to know who's good or bad if people are being affected by um, Fort 22 um, and it's, sorry, by the North Grid, and the servers that, uh, the North, that runs the North Grid aren't anywhere near the North Grid, um, the servers, uh, for the North Grid are in Liverpool, but I've decided to leave that for the blog and the sequel, um, they're in Liverpool, and they can't be shut down, because the North Grid needs these systems to run the North Grid, of course, and the North Grid has to survive, uh, not just for like Fort Twenty Two to sort of so they know who it, whatever. But the North Grid um, has like things living in it. Um, so basically, if you want to build the badass computer system ever, yeah, you can go into the North Grid. You could get some computer chips, physical computer chips, and you can pull them out and you can put them into your PC or whatever. Um, if you want to, say, for example, um, if you want to make a sort of a, uh, a sort of a cryptocurrency computer, um, then you would have to go to the North Grid to get lots of graphics chips. Um, and it's like a big scrapyard, basically, um, the North Grid. But, uh, yeah, you've got you've to know what you're doing there. You can't just go there and expect things to happen and even though i've imagined this place the north grid um it doesn't mention it a whole lot because we're not there for long um it's not a place you want to be there for long and even though we've got trolls that help us across it um they don't really uh they're the ones that are going to be affected more because even though trolls even though they guard things in the book even though there's like trolls guarding Fort 22, even though there's trolls guarding um, Underground Neville Street, even though there's trolls guarding, um, in fact, the, the trolls try and wreck Neville Street. You think there are bad trolls and good trolls, and the bad trolls, yeah, try and wreck things, try, try and guard things, and you know, whatever. But also, um, the trolls that go with Mike and James in the book, they're the ones helping. And, but when they get to the North Grid, they're not very good. So it, it's up to it's up to us to help the trolls. It's in this situation because they're you know they're not really used to new technology, um, and they're weak. And if you've got a very weak person, well, in this situation, um, it's about weaknesses and strengths. So yeah, um, the trolls 
at Fort 22, they are cyber trolls, and they have been created by the North Grid. Um, so they'll basically be like old trolls that have been put together or whatever, and they'll be using sort of some of the trolls to record their brains and record their thought patterns and stuff. So those trolls will have to help the trolls that can't, you know, aren't very good to help them. But I'm not going to say if they help or do not help. I'm not say, saying if they're good or bad or what. Um, I'm just going to say that they act very differently once we've crossed the North Grid. Because they're trying to, again, they're trying to protect Fort 22. And the North, you've got trolls trying to uh, protect Fort 22. You've got trolls and orcs trying to protect the North Grid as well. So once we've crossed the North Grid, um, we've got a huge problem still to get to Fort 22. So it's 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 one of those things. It's 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 a problem. Then we get across and we're all safe for a little bit, and then there's another problem. Um, and then when we're in Fort Twenty Two, there's another problem because we're in there to get the quartz crystal, um, which is again another problem because we're in there. We're after something. Hello. Um, and uh, there's people in there that want to shoot out our immune systems. There is people in there that basically want us dead because they know we've got we. They know that we're trying to get something. What do we do? We get in there and we beat the badasses and we go and we steal the quartz crystal. We do actually have to steal the quartz crystal. So, you know, we can get out there and get it to our supercomputer. Um, of course, and we're also um, helping Matthew Turbo escape um, and getting him back to, you know, um, the Daily Blob and everything like that and getting our article. Um, but Matthew Turbo, he's a badass too because uh, he knows the system. Um, and even though he's working for Fort 22, he wants to escape so he can get back. But there's also other really cool stuff that happens because Joe 22 pops up from nowhere. Um, how does he get there? Um, but is he good or bad? You know, can't really say much. Um, and Matthew Turbo, even though he's a main character, he comes in later on in the book. And... It's really cool. Fort 22 is a really cool place. Um, like, it's just a really, really cool place to get to. And I've not got there yet, but I'm really, really looking forward to getting there. So, anyways, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to end the episode in a little bit. Because I've talked a lot. I really have. Um, I've spoke a lot in this podcast. Um, especially about my book and I'm going to get to writing it right now hello <laughs> um, I'm with Andy in the office um Tom's just rang, say it'd be a little late. Yep. Um, well, I just want to 
talk. I just want to thank Anchor for something, actually, before we end the episode. Um, and that is... Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be laughing a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I just want to thank Anchor for... Enabling Bluetooth. It's the first time. Usually when you put a Bluetooth device in, it usually... Oh, no, it's not Anchor that does it. It's um, Spreaker. I'm just hoping that Spreaker lets us use Bluetooth. But anyway, it's good that we're now in the Bluetooth world. Mm. Um, less cables. <laughs> Sometimes a good thing. It's not a good thing if you want to connect to an amp, but... Yeah, I need to get little um, USB a lightning to... I think I can get one. I will get one. So I can listen to Spotify in the garden. But that is completely irrelevant. Because, um, Andy, you went to see um, an imaginary band last night, didn't you? Well, I saw a cover version of them. Yeah, um, my turn was what they're called. Well, the band is called Dog Hunt. Ah, mm. Dog Hunt. Yeah, and they were um, <clears throat> in the early 90s, uh, 93 to 98, just before the label closed. So they were on the label for a long time. The first album, was in 93. It didn't do well. It's called Juvenile Exodus. Um, then the second album was Killers of the Wood, which was a really good album. Uh, the third album was um, House of Haunted Houses, which was the one that made them like Kills of the Wooden House of Haunted Houses was the one that made them sort of well known. Yeah. Um, That was it, the fourth album was Machine Grinder, which was the one that, <clears throat> not the one that made them, um, the one that made them, the one that like, they wanted to sort of like sound more like Iron Maiden, um, was called Soldiers Without Claws. <laughs> Soldiers Without Claws? Yeah. Which was a good album, and then... The final two albums, one was called uh, In Stories, which was like a ba like power ballads. Um, and then the next album, um, Ed Tomorrow's, um, 
The Silver Devil, which was not a great album. Um, and then the album they did after that was called uh, Perkist, uh, which is, <laughs> again, not another great album. And then they just did, like, the final album, which was... Uh, <clears throat> came out a few years ago, which is, which is, like, one of the best albums they did. And it's called... Um, Greatest Without Mercy. Um, and they did two live albums. Obviously they did House of Haunted Houses live. And they did uh, Precursor, which is a live album. Both really good live albums. Unfortunately, uh, Precursor only came out a couple of years ago. Um... House on Towers like oh no there's another live album um Hunters of the Forest yeah I forgot that one that was like a live album it was um Yeah, but Precursor, that's a really good album. It's like, it's like a prop, it's not overdubbed or anything. It's a proper recorded sort of live album. It's a bit like, um, Thin Lizzy's Dangerous and Live. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a talk with. <clears throat> but they're on Jeepbox for five years. Um then they got dropped from Jeepbox because they wouldn't the the sound wasn't <coughs> Martin O'Neill, who produced Curtain's stuff, he produced um, the stuff while they're on Jukebox. Mm. How do they get the Iron Maiden sound then? Um, they changed. I can't remember how it all happened. Sort of, <clears throat> they sort of have that Iron Maiden thing about them, you know. Mm. But All like the power metal stuff. Mm. 
Because there's one live show, in fact, there's one live show they refused to play. Because curtains were playing. <clears throat> and they didn't want to do what Masker were doing. So they just... Um... Yeah, because Massacre, they got... They had to play on a, a stage with... And what they did with Massacre was to make people buy the music. They fooled Curtains fans into thinking that they were going to a Curtains show and they weren't. They were going to a Massacre show. They advertised it as Curtains show. And they did the same with Curtains later on because Massacre was still on the label. <clears throat> yeah, there were some pathetic things that were going on around that time, but Dog Hunt knew. <clears throat> um, they didn't do that, and they. Uh, they did their own shows. They broke all the rules of the label. <laughs> and they changed their sound. time was kind of mm. yeah what you mean the Americans had their rock and we had ours and yeah and then you had Americans going into British rock bands <laughs> you know you hear interviews with um, Black Sabbath which are quite funny um You know, where um, there's one Black Sabbath interview where they said that Vinny was reading love books, you know. <laughs> Thought to myself, what's wrong with that? You know, whatever you do in his spare time. Suppose they didn't think they were down to the job, but, you know, back then. Mm. Suppose it's like now when people in bands go on social media all the time. Mm. <clears throat> but, you know, if you're killing a bit of time, what's the, what was the problem? Mm. But, you know, they had this issue, I mean, you listen to sort of Interviews with Ian Gillen and that, and say, oh, you know. But that's the problem with time. Mm. Well, going back to this imaginary band, Dog Hunt, mm. the label dropped them after the 
uh, after the album, after the um, after, well, they did an album called Soldiers Without Claws, which they released on Dukebox, but it was the one where they weren't even recording in the Dukebox studios, and even though they had the same producer, mm. which stayed producing with the band, even after Dukebox shot them, which was strange. Did Bad drop the producer as well? No, because he went back to Jukebox before it before it closed. <clears throat> and then he became Jake Hammer's producer for a few years and then they didn't get on. Um Oh yeah, there's a whole thing in mm. where Jay Campbell was DJing no before that no because he was comfortable he was uh, they wanted him to do dance music and Jay Campbell was like no I want to write my my ballads thank you mm. my sort of Elton John sort of Gary Newman type numbers mm. He was doing very well, I mean. Um, he bought Jukebox, didn't he? He did, but then failed. Because when he was originally on Jukebox, it wasn't him that had it, it was somebody else, and then he had the label and put all the bands he wanted on it. Mm-hmm. Um, through wobbles every now and then. Mm. A bit like Peter Waterman on a bad day. <laughs> ha ha! Mm. You know, have you got a bad record label? No. Mm. But there's, um, oh, there's a guy called Dean Sevens who worked for Jukebox and he was he was like when they had him in mm. if he didn't like how the group sounded or their lyrics he got them he got rid of them It was just a big label, it was mm. everybody went on it. Bit like factory. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well even when it closed and it went under, that was a label that they couldn't sell. In EMI wanted that label for donkey shears. Mm. Then they got it, didn't they? Um, 
Well, yeah, because Epiphone bought it. Mm. Um, yeah. But then, I don't know, Jake Hammer bought a label and didn't do well, and then. He's still got his own record label now, hasn't he? No, not anymore. Mm. Because um, he had a nightclub. Yeah, that was it. He had a nightclub in uh, in London. But, you know, there was too much. There's a film being made, Jay Cameron's film. What's it called? Uh, it's called Nobody's Nobody's Person. It's sad. Because um, it's not like the Queen film and the. John one, it's more based on Jake Hammer's life. Mm. I mean, it shows him in the record labels and stuff. Mm. But it's more based on how he was living life. You know. Mm. His marriage. But it's usually, when they do it, something when they do write about stars and stuff, it's usually how many albums have made mm. all the all the rubbish because <laughs> I didn't know when I researched Bohemian Rhapsody um, how many takes actually took them to that Galileo bit was mm. but anyway on with the podcast.